You're listening to another episode of Classic Movies Live. And today, we're going to be talking about another MCU movie. Eventually, all film podcasts become MCU podcasts. And so that's what we're going to do today. But there's an interesting thing about this MCU movie is that this is directed by Academy Award winner Chloe Zhao, who we talked about in Nomadland. And it's quite different from the typical MCU movie. I'm really excited to talk about it. Pierre, I think, just got out of it when we started recording this, so it's very fresh on both of our minds. I hope you will enjoy this, and this is mostly spoiler-free. No big plot events are talked about. Obviously, we have to talk about a lot of elements of the movie, so we go into, you know, character details, but this is pretty much spoiler-free. So, anyway, let's hear some music from Rahman Jawadi from Eternals. Listening to another episode of Classic Movies Live. Today we are talking about another Chloe Zhao movie. This is going to be the second Chloe Zhao movie we've talked about on this show. Uh, we're going to talk about Eternals, which is like the second Marvel movie we've talked about in two months. We're, I guess we're a Marvel podcast now, Pierre. Yeah, basically. We can't escape. It. I guess like every every movie podcast eventually becomes a Marvel podcast if we're talk if and if they're ever talking about new movies. Yeah, well, we're at, like, basically, what, eight months? Eight months, four movies in eight months, and then, like, with Spider-Man in December, and then, like, four TV shows as well in the same... Or, no, three TV shows, I guess, in the same amount of time, I think. Yeah, right now they've slowed down on TV shows for a bit, but, like, they're, they're like, full force. Yeah, it's a lot. Um, But uh, Eternals has, like... Just before we even talk about the movie, there's a lot, like, coming into this movie. Um, For one, this is directed by Chloe Zhao, who we talked about in Nomadland. And Pierre, I know you, at least before Nomadland, still probably kind of are a big Chloe Zhao fan. You know, do you know, can you, like, give us a little more context on Chloe Zhao? Because I kind of forgot. Um, Chloe Zhao is... uh... A very, I guess, extremely up-and-coming director in terms of her trajectory in Hollywood. Um, she has made, I think, three feature films before Eternals. Uh, and they all feature this really unique style of directing from her where they, uh, they're all, they're kind of shot like a documentary, like, or they're paced like a documentary and kind of shot like a documentary, but it's, it's like a movie. Um, mm-hmm. And it's, it's just a very interesting style that uh, I feel like she's, um, well, she's done it for her three previous movies. Uh, I think she perfected that style in uh, the, oh, what's that movie? What's the second? The Rider. Uh, mm-hmm. And then Nomadland was kind of a sneak peek at potentially uh, her becoming more of a regular feature film uh, director because she had like a, a famous actor in her movie for once instead of. Uh, taking non-actors and placing them in her movies. 
Um, yeah, I guess that's like important to point out is in her earliest movies, she almost entirely uses untrained actors, mm-hmm. even in Nomadland to a degree, because like Nomadland had Francis McDormand, right? Mm-hmm. But as we said in our uh, in our episode, for both of us, like Francis McDormand was kind of the weakest link because mm-hmm. the untrained actors like Chloe Zhao just has a style that really focuses and really elevates the untrained actors. And then when you bring in a trained real, like I want to say real actor, but like when you bring in a, when you bring in a known actor, like a trained actor into that, you know, not that it can't work. I thought David straight Heron was fine, but um, you know, just the fact that that's Francis McDormand makes it, makes her a less real character than the other people who are just playing themselves. Yeah, exactly. It, it it was like it wasn't a bad performance. It was probably a great performance, like in terms of regular movies. But yeah, it, it just felt off tone. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, and it's I guess it's interesting now with Eternals. Um, after Chloe Zhao's like really like in five years, she's now directing a two hundred million dollar Marvel movie from her first film. Or but yeah, between her first film and now, it's been five years. Um, yeah, so that's a really impressive trajectory. Uh, and yeah, it's kind of, it, I was excited to see how her style, I guess, would not only be placed into like a regular quote unquote movie, but like a blockbuster movie, a Marvel movie in this case, to be specific, which is, I feel very like anti indie, if that makes sense. So yeah. Well, yeah, especially what I was going to say about Marvel movies is, uh, Marvel movies all have kind of, with Marvel movies, it's not like you get nothing from the director, but the movie, the Marvel universe has a tone. Like Black Panther is a Ryan Coogler movie, but it's also a Marvel movie. And like, I would argue that Marvel comes across a little more than Ryan Coogler. And that's one of the stronger examples of like a director's vision actually coming across in a Marvel movie. Like typically MCU movies feel like MCU movies, not movies from that director. So I was interested to see, like, is the studio going to play nice with Chloe Zhao and let her make a movie that feels like a Chloe Zhao movie, or is it going to feel like a Marvel movie? Yeah, and, like, I'd say they... Honestly, they I think they did. Uh, whether that was... <laughs> I mean, sort of. And whether that was, like, the right move, I guess we'll find out. I have so. heard that Eternals has... Uh, that Eternals, for Eternals, um, Marvel gave Chloe Zhao basically the most creative freedom they've ever given a director, which, uh, I mean, you just said that it kind of feels like that. So, yeah, that makes sense. And, again, we'll, we'll see whether or not that was, that was really to its advantage. But um, I remember before, in the lead-up to this movie, before it came out, this was sort of placed to be Marvel's award-winning blockbuster. Cause like Marvel's a huge name in movies right now anyway, but like very few of their movies are, I guess, awards viable. Like they play really well with audiences, but they don't, they're not like critical darlings or anything. Like critics mostly think they're just fine, mm-hmm. but this one is coming from an Academy award-winning director, recent Academy award-winning director who has like a super unique vision it's uh, it was apparently an interesting enough concept to draw in Angelina Jolie, who helped get it make who helped get it made in the first place. Mm-hmm. Uh, beyond that, the the cast is really good. Um, like 
not exactly super, super big names, but like pretty big names from like prestige television specifically. We got two Starks from Game of Thrones. There's Gemma Chan, who I know she was in a lot of things. I can't think of what they are right now. And I think it was Selma Blair was the other one. Mm, uh, Selma, Selma Hayek. Hayek yeah. Selma Hayek. So like big names that Marvel hasn't used yet. Mm-hmm. Which is pretty interesting. Yeah, there's not many big names that haven't been used by Marvel yet. Yeah, yeah. Uh, wait, did you did you give the general like description of the movie? No. Do you want to? You want to tell us sure. what this movie's I can about? Try. It, it is very confusing. Um, Eter- the Eternals are basically uh, a race of, I guess, uh, heroes in a way that are or protectors sent by a celestial. <laughs> which is like a god in the Marvel Universe, Mm. um, brought to Earth to protect the world from deviants. Um, So they've been living on Earth for the past like few thousand years. And the movie kind of, I guess, follows them. Like they've uh, over time they split up and the movie follows them uh, kind of getting back together and figuring out uh, like, or like finding, figuring out whether they should fight for, the earth in ways other than fighting deviants. Does that make sense? They want to, they want to help protect the world even and, and, and help shape it. Uh, even though their job is to only be there to kill deviants. I I guess like when it comes right down to it. So they, they think their mission is to save is to like be protectors of the earth. But when it comes right down to it, without spoilers, their actual mission is to obey their commander. And mm-hmm. like at one point, God essentially gives them a command they don't much care for. And so they really have to decide between do they obey that or do they try and protect the earth that yeah. they've now sort of grown fond of? Yeah. So it's a, uh, I don't know. It's a very, I guess I want to say epic tale in a way. Like it's, these aren't, this isn't like, you like even compared to Iron Man, this isn't like a guy building a suit, even though he's a billionaire. This is like, like thousands of year old beings who are essentially gods being on our planet and deciding mm-hmm. what to do. So yeah, it's a very, I guess it's very epic in scope and it was advertised as such. Um, yeah. Yeah, um, right down to the timeline being like, we see the first scene happens 7,000 years in the past. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. like we cut to the present day and that's where most of the movie happens. But like, we're constantly cutting back to 2000 years ago, 4,000 years ago, 500 years ago. Yeah. there's and like <laughs> getting little bits and pieces of their lives between that. Yeah. It, it, it like the, I guess the, I can understand why Marvel was advertising this as like, um, like I think I've heard many things about Kevin Feige considering this as like potentially an Oscar worthy movie. Um, uh, I'm guessing partly because of Chloe Zhao having just won best director and best picture mm-hmm. at the Academy Awards. But then also I'm guessing he's very fond of the movie, which I can understand. It does feel like a very um, unique superhero movie in that it it feels... I mean, like it doesn't actually feel like a superhero movie. It feels very different. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it, she it, it's like she she took a lot. I'm mean, like she took a lot of her style from Nomadland and transferred it to this movie. And I was surprised at how much 
she actually took from that style, if that makes sense. And I was also surprised at how well that style ended up translating to this kind of a movie. Like, essentially, by, by what I'm, by which I mean, when when I was watching Nomadland, uh, I, I mean, I've already talked about this, but the untrained actors were the best part by far. So much so that I felt that the the like known actors kind of detracted from the movie a bit. This movie had no untrained actors. It was all people that like had already been in movies and in the in a lot of cases were already probably known to audiences. I mean, we got Angelina Jolie here, for example. But like the fact that they were known actors didn't detract from the movie at all. I felt like their performances were still as good as they would have been. Well, I mean, I think they were still good performances. Um, I kind of disagree. I think the her I, I can really tell that she it's like she doesn't really understand how I mean it was probably on purpose so I don't want to say understand but she 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 it seemed like she was directing her actors like she was directing the non-actors in her other movies the, a lot of the acting in this movie was very plain and like uh subdued if that makes sense it reminded mm-hmm. me a lot of the prequels in terms of the Star Wars prequels in terms of like dialogue delivery. Sometimes felt kind of wooden, even though you have like a, I think, an insanely potentially charismatic cast, if that makes sense. I guess part of the Eternals, the idea of the Eternals is that they were selling this as like, this is a, a family. <laughs> we're kind of back, like, this is a family movie. Like, the Eternals aren't oh, yeah. the Avengers. They are a group of people that were basically born together and have lived together. Are uh, for like thousands of years, right? So it's as close as a mm-hmm. group of people can get, if that makes sense. Um, yeah. And I never felt like the actors ever really liked each other, or like displayed much love, or um, or really like came out charismatically, if that makes sense. And I don't think that was like an actor's problem. I think they all probably played it the way Chloe Zhao wanted them to. Like, I mean, Richard Madden, I think. I've, at least in Game of Thrones, was extremely charismatic. And here, I, I thought he was pretty wooden. Um, Gemma Chan, I don't know much about her, but she was pretty wooden too, in my opinion. Um, even like Brian Tyree Henry, who I really like and like everything else he's done, I thought was like a little kind of off. Uh, yeah, there was just like, she she wasn't, I think she asked for subdued performances to enhance like the drama aspects. But mm-hmm. I, it didn't really work in this case because I didn't buy them as a family. That makes sense. That yeah, that makes sense. I know. I guess um, yeah, they did really sell them on the family as- aspect, and I definitely bought that they all knew each other. But like, um, with sort of, I'm gonna say minor exceptions for each character. I, uh, I I would say that I also didn't get like that they were very close. Mm-hmm. In in a lot of cases, like like the, each character had at least one line that sort of indicated that that they you know had some existing relationship, and that existing relationship was probably good. But like yeah, they didn't feel they they felt like old friends, not like a family, which isn't bad. Except that the family vibe is kind of what was needed here. Yeah, especially because like, mm, like a lot, uh, like uh, there's not much 
screen because like, there's like ten characters, there's ten Eternals or something, right? There's a lot of them. So like, I keep thinking it's seven, but it's a lot. It's, I think it's yeah. Anyways, but like, you you need to do a lot of showing and not telling, and then this movie didn't really. It it told us they were like a family a lot, but it never really like went in depth. It never really showed us like these. Like for example, there's a dinner scene, and uh. In one part of the movie, I think it's teased in the trailers, uh, or they're they're eating a meal around the table. And if you compare that that scene to like the Black Widow scene of like the exact same concept, it's like night and day. Like mm-hmm. I will criticize Black Widow a lot, but they nail like the family aspects of that movie were like really really well done. Mm-hmm. And I did not feel that at all with like that Eternals like family dinner scene. So yeah, I think that like the whole subdued acting kind of like i think it makes sense for like it kind of makes sense i see what she was going for in terms of like i think she had the idea of like the eternals are like these noble godly beings so Mm -hmm. like their interactions might be a little more like like and like they might not be as like casual with each other because like they are gods in a way um but it it just didn't work for me i didn't like it even though i appreciate Mm -hmm. what they she was going for sure what did you think of the characters themselves though I thought they had some interesting arcs. I don't necessarily think they panned out very well for all of them. What did you think? I think, like, these characters... um, She's got a lot of characters here. And so asking for each of those characters to be fully developed over the course of two and a half hours is is a lot. Uh, Obviously, that's certainly still the ideal. But... um, I felt like most characters could pretty much be summed up in like two words. Like uh, Angelina Jolie, her character was a badass and that's just her whole character. And like Kingu was, or Kingo, uh, Kumail Nanjiani's character, he was a uh, snarky, funny Bollywood guy, mm-hmm. which I guess is four words, but like that's <laughs> who his character was. Yeah. Uh, Richard Madden, his character was sad Superman. Yeah. So, like, you, most of these characters you can sum up pretty quickly. And I think that for what that's worth, that worked pretty well. Um, certainly the ideal would have been if each of these characters was... I mean, each of the characters was consistent with whatever their characterization was. Mm-hmm. But I think, like, the ideal would be not only are they consistent with that characterization, but everyone gets an arc, which is a lot to shoot for in two and a half hours. Yeah, I personally liked it a lot because I felt like... I, I like it when you can sum up a character very quickly like that. Um, it's it's not the be-all, end-all of a good performance and a good character, but I, I thought it worked mostly pretty well. Yeah, I guess I could kind of say the same about most of the characters. Uh, there's still a couple. like I couldn't really describe to you, like, maybe half of, like, the characteristics, like, of, of some well, of them. And it's just, like... there was. There was one character who her entire story arc was that she's been a virgin for 7,000 years and she hates it, which I thought was like sort of a weird reason for, she has a slightly villainous turn at one point. I'm like, really? Oh, sorry. I guess I shouldn't have said that. Yeah. Um, That's who I'm talking about. Okay, cool. Yeah. I, I, I think it was, I, I mean, I think it was part of it was implied that, she wanted to grow up and do things like that. But I think it was also like very much, I thought it was an interesting, like she, like she's stuck I think to be ageless. Um, the, and- the part that I 
objected to in that storyline. Like, I like the idea of a character who's stuck basically as Peter Pan. Like, she can't mm-hmm. grow up, but she wants to, right? Yeah. And beyond that, she had a full personality. She had more screen time than most of the Eternals. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the thing that I object to is at one point, uh, at one point, one of the characters goes like, no, Sprite's in love with uh, Icarus. Richard Madden's character mm. and she's like yep and okay, then she yeah, turns that, villainous that was and it's a little like, weird and forced it's, for sure. it's kind of a it feels it feels like a contrived reason for her to have a villainous turn yeah um yeah anyways like I I, I I think it's cool that she tried to give mostly everyone like their own arc whether mm-hmm. it worked out I personally don't think so I never really cared about any of the characters I definitely um, really liked Kingo and Angelina Jolie. Really? I didn't... I thought Angelina also felt very... I couldn't get... I thought her character, like, was interesting, I guess, but I never got into her. Like, I never really liked her, if that makes sense. I don't know. Her character. Fair enough. Um, she got the best one-liners. That's true, yeah. Uh, but it, So what did you think of, like, I guess, the, the plot in general? Um, I mean, it was... It's interesting because, like, the the plot of this is fairly standard Marvel when you really break it down, but in, like, a way that's not standard Marvel. Like, the plot of this is uh, we have heroes who... Um, sorry. We have heroes who find out a bad thing and then they got to stop that bad thing. And at the end, there's a third act, there's a third act monster fight. Mm-hmm. And so, like, that's standard Marvel. But what this isn't is, like, a vi- it's weirdly, it's not a very personal story in the same way that a lot of Marvel movies try to be. Like, um, Shang-Chi was about a guy reconciling with his dad, or at least it tried to be, um, and, like, coming to terms with who he is. Iron Man is, like, about a formerly... Uh, a guy who only cares about money learning to care about people instead. Um, you know, there's always like a, there's always like a human core at the, at, at, and it's always like one person's personal story. And this one, it's not that this movie was inhuman. I think that there's a lot of really human ideas here, except that it's not personal in the same way. I guess maybe if I had to describe it, this movie, I haven't said this yet. I don't know why, this movie is super ambitious. It tackles mm. so many different themes. And I think that might be the reason it feels so different to other Marvel movies is because it never really hones in on one. Like there's the theme of family, but then everyone's individual arcs have their own like individual themes they're talking about. Like Fina's is uh, talking about like individuality. Um, Kingo's, you know, Kingo's arc talks about like, you know, him breaking free of his past and like just becoming a new person. Uh, Gemma Chan's arc, what's her name? Circe's arc is like, it's all romantic. So, you know, it's, it's handling like a lot of different themes, but it never really feels personal to one. I thought that it did an okay enough job with most of them, but none of them really stood out as like, it did this one really well. Mm. Yeah, I, I couldn't tell you any either off the top of my head. So yeah, um, that's like I I'd say like the like you're right. The structure is really ambitious and like the general because it's just it's a very 
it, it did feel very Chloe Zhao in terms of the script and directing or pacing, I guess. Like it's a very, mm-hmm. it's a slow burn, lots of technically character moments, even though like I didn't really feel like I, I agreed with any of the characters. Um, and it's, uh, and I, I like, that's why like, it feels very like, grand in scope it's like it's taking its time it, it feels like uh like I don't know, it's almost like a, a scorsese movie in that it's, it's like it kind of knows it's boring at times and like some scenes are too long but it's like it's in a good way if that makes sense right mm-hmm. like it's like maximalist so this felt like a very maximalist plot uh and movie um but yeah there are definitely some things i think they should have cut uh, like maybe maybe fewer character arcs would have helped more and stuff, um, but it's just like well because like the the basic plot is relatively straightforward right because a lot of it's just gathering the rest the Eternals yeah it is like for like two thirds of the movie and it takes a really long time, mm-hmm. um, and uh, that like to me and they they keep it interesting by interweaving it with like flashbacks to the past and stuff like that. Um, but I, yeah, I think I think it just really like the scenes weren't interesting enough in themselves to deserve that length, uh, and like each character introduction, it kind of reminded me of like, I mean, we've talked about Scott Pilgrim recently, but like them going to each Eternal felt like a chore after a while. It's just like, mm-hmm. like we get it, like they do they do the same kind of uh, I don't know, like convincing thing, like pitch they pitch to the Eternal, like okay, we need you back because this is happening. That happened over and over and over again, and I guess it's like in some ways necessary. But like, I mean, in the Avengers, that they they brought, I mean, they didn't have to introduce every character completely, but they brought everyone together by like, I think about the end of the first act, right? Mm-hmm. Um, whereas this took like two full acts, and not only that, but like the first two acts of this movie is like as long as like. Like, it's like two hours almost. It's like yeah. the length of a regular movie. So, um, yeah. And it's just like there wasn't enough meat there to like really deserve that much screen time. So, I've, uh, I saw someone post somewhere that like this movie should have been a Disney Plus series where every episode they introduce a new Eternal and talk about their story. And like, sure, I guess I think that could have worked, except that I don't think... Marvel is into Marvel does not strike me as being into producing like prestige television in that way. Like that would only work if you're willing to commit to like a big game of Thrones style episode structure with literally that kind of scope and tone, which so far I haven't seen from Marvel. So like, I don't think that would have ever happened, but sure. I guess that could have been better. Yeah, I guess theoretically that would have worked. It's just like I think I definitely think this the epicness of like this movie was it like needed the scope if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Cuz I think the I think the best thing about this movie is that it feels I keep saying this but it feels very grand, you know. Like even like the the fights, you know, uh the the he, she she's Chloe Zhao's doing this weird thing. I don't know if I like it or not, but a lot of the fight scenes are like kind of slow honestly. And, like, there's not mm. much fanfare or music behind it. It's relatively, like, minimalist in terms of the fighting. Um, and I kind of liked it, I think. But, like, I also... Wait, where was I going with this? How did I get onto that? 
I was going to make a point, and then I got distracted. That's so weird. Were you talking about the uh, how the fight scenes are fairly minimalist, uh, even though, oh. like, despite its big scope? Well, no, it, it, it kind of made it feel more epic in that, like, the, the, it, the movie wasn't telling me, like, this is a big moment, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. It's like, for the Eternals, they're just kind of like, this is their thing. It's very casual for them in a way. Yeah. Um, which was kind of interesting. It made, it made me feel, feel like, 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 it's like, it's like, uh, I don't know if this is a good, ex- but it's like, it's like, would a, would a God need like a, a backing soundtrack to look like a badass? You know, it's like, not right. look like a badass. Right. Um, so yeah, it, it felt more elegant in a way, mm-hmm. uh, which was really cool, but I don't know if that worked well, but I thought it was like an interesting touch. And there's a lot of that yeah. in the movie. I think there's a lot of, creative decisions where I see where she's going with it. I think it might've been, I either rein it back more, but it might've been the wrong movie to try it with. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, is there anything else in this movie? Uh, what do you think of the cinematography? The cinematography is beautiful. Like as always, it's, as always with a Chloe Zhao movie, like this movie is wonderful to look at. I know this isn't specifically cinematography, but it does feed into how beautiful this movie is to look at. Uh, Chloe Zhao manages to give us a scene of like a Galactus sized monster in, in space, in the Mar- in the MCU. And it doesn't look stupid, which yeah. is incredible. Cause like, I don't know how you would do that. But she, and not only that, her Galactus-sized monster is like legitimately terrifying in one or two scenes. Yeah, and it's not a cloud. It's not a big cloud. For yeah, no exactly. Well, the thing is, I was talking to my friend yesterday coming out of the movie, and um, I actually I don't fault Rise of the Silver Surfer for making Galactus a big cloud because the alternative to the obvious alternative to making Galactus a big cloud is that he's a giant man in spandex in space, which is stupid. No matter what you think of a big cloud, it makes a lot more sense for a world leading monster to be a big cloud than like a literal big dude. Yeah. At least in, in, in movies, like not in comics, you can get away with it. Yeah. I understand what they were going for, but yeah, I I couldn't believe that. They pulled it. They pulled this off, and I was actually like, I thought that was really cool. Yeah, like, I didn't think they pulled it looked this off, stupid. And like I, I never had any complaints about it. In fact, those are some of my favorite moments, or where they see the big dude in the sky. Yeah, no, a lot of the effects were really well done. I love the, uh, mm-hmm. I love the effects for the Eternals with the, the gold kind of, like they each have like their own ways of using their powers, but it's all, it, it's all, it all kind of has like a similar, like it's all gold. And it's all like very beautiful to look at. I don't know how to like. Mm-hmm. For example, Angelina Jolie's character uh, can make a sword and shield. Okay, out, out of like light, I guess. I think it's kind of. <laughs> I think it's kind of a stupid power, honestly. Um, but like, yeah, that's what it is. It, it's, it's what it is. Um, honestly, all of their powers. There were like one or two powers, and I'm like, oh, that person's stupid, overpowered, and the rest yeah. were. Those people have no powers. <laughs> yeah. Um, I like, like, I did like the diversity. There's one guy who's Superman and there's one girl who can turn rocks into wood. I'm like, yes, the powers are a little more nuanced than that. But like, 
the person who can turn rocks into wood kind of got uh, kind of got the short short straw there. Well, yeah, in terms of fighting, but I really I enjoy that. I hate um, part of why I I, uh, I think the Avengers movies, at least like the first two, in some ways were kind of frustrating. Where it was because they were putting they weren't like making use of each character's power limits, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Like they would for some reason they'd shove Hawkeye and uh, Black Widow into like massive like wave on wave like waves of robots or aliens coming at them and then they'd be like for some reason they get out of it and it's like they they are they have their own skills as spies right so i wish i could see that be used more instead of like that he's they're not going to add anything like if you're standing beside the hulk facing an army you're not really doing (laughs) much right i can i can count on one finger the number of good hawkeye scenes in the mcu Exactly. Well, that's why I liked to. I liked what they did with him in Endgame, where they in the last battle they gave him a purpose, which was just carry the gauntlet and escape like a small batch of aliens in the sewers. Yeah. Um. That's that's more interesting to me because it's more believable and it gives them a purpose. And they did that in this movie too. Like each character used their powers in interesting ways. Um. And they were like, and I like that because it makes them feel like more of a team because there's something some people are good at and some that aren't, and then they make up it by like teamwork if that makes sense mm-hmm. so yeah that was cute i like that um yeah I, I don't know anything else yeah i guess like just in general i mean we've we've said like specific thoughts on all the different aspects of this movie but like what did you think in general of this movie like did you like it did you not like it uh i thought it was all right i admire it it feels very I compared it before to the Star Wars prequels, but it feels very it does feel very similar to that, and I feel like she's mm-hmm. taking lots of creative risks for a blockbuster, um, and I really appreciate that because again, this this movie feels like unlike any other Marvel movie I've seen completely, right? Um, I mean, actually, well, in the terms of like the general like team up and then big fight at the end, that's pretty similar, but like the way yeah. it's done, very very different. Yeah, I mean, like at the end of the day. It is technically very similar, but it never feels like a like a Marvel movie. Yeah, exactly. I mean, or it never feels like every other Marvel movie. Mm-hmm. Like, you still get big big aliens and all the Marvel tropes, but like, it does feel like something completely different. Yeah. So, like, I I appreciate that. Um, even though it didn't work out all the time, I think it was cool to experiment with it. Um, did it work out? I don't really think so. Um, and unfortunately I think Marvel potentially might learn the, learn the wrong lessons here, which is probably mm-hmm. that they should not experiment <laughs> with their style. Um, because yeah, this is probably the most experimental movie I've seen from Marvel since like the phase one, I guess. Uh, and yeah. after this with the Rotten Tomatoes scores and like the perceived box office in the coming days, I think it's unlikely that they will try this again for a while maybe yeah uh but yeah what, what did you think um well i agree with a lot of what you said but i loved this movie a lot actually like i would not say this is my favorite marvel movie in the last couple of years but this is definitely for me like a high tier marvel movie mm-hmm. because it's exactly that like i'm so sick and tired of watching iron man every couple every year mm-hmm. three times and like Iron Man is good the first time, and it was still good the seventh time. But now that we're 25 Iron Mans in, like, 
it's getting a, it's wearing a little thin. Mm-hmm. Like I I did really like Shang Chi because it's because it's uh, it shook things up in a couple of ways, but like at the end of the day, it was still you know the origin story of some kid, and it had all the Marvel tropes, and there were like no stakes, and somehow and for whatever reason, the deadly assassins were never deadly. Yeah. Um. And but like in this one, this felt like something completely different, and um. It honestly, it barely felt like it was in the MCU, and I guess that's maybe its biggest flaw. I I hope to see more of these characters in the MCU, and more importantly, like I definitely hope that Marvel doesn't take from this that they should stop experimenting because this movie was delightful to see. Mm. The last couple of Marvel movies I've seen have been like fun in the way that a Marvel movie is fun. But like, I haven't felt, I left the movie theater for this one feeling refreshed. I'm like, I just saw something really cool. Mm-hmm. When I saw, when I saw Shang-Chi, which I liked again, I walked out being like, I saw a cool Marvel movie. That was fun. And when I walked out of this one, I'm like, I saw something I have never seen before. Mm-hmm. And like, did it all work? Not, not quite. But I think that more often than not, it did. Like most of the risks that it took paid off, maybe not as well as they could have, but at least a little bit. And um, ultimately, I think this is like the most interesting Marvel movie since probably phase one. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, and, I agree. Yeah. What would you care to slap a number on that? I think so. Yesterday, yesterday I was riding a high, and I probably would not rate it as high as I did yesterday. Uh, yesterday, I would have given it like an eight or an eight and a half. I think today I'll give it like a strong seven or like a seven and a half. I'd say probably. I still think it's high. I'd say probably a six or a six point five. That's fair. So yeah, so another Marvel movie down. One more to go this year. <sighs> but like, it's gonna be Spider Man. So. We will definitely talk about Spider-Man. Yes. Like, there's no way Hopefully we can. Hopefully in a positive way. If it's in a negative way, I, it's possible I'll be crying throughout the whole thing. If, if, it's a, if, if we dislike Spider-Man, probably what's going to happen is we're going to just, like, the podcast is going to be five minutes long, and then we're going to go on hiatus <laughs> for, like, two months. Yeah. I'm going to be crushed if Spider-Man isn't good. Yeah, just to, like, deal with the grief. Uh, and I, honestly, like... After the way they hyped up Eternals, I'm kind of scared now because, like, Marvel hasn't backed up a movie this hard since, like, in, in a long time, I think. Well, I mean, other than Endgame, right? But I think Endgame paid off. Yeah. But they're also hyping up Spider-Man a lot, a lot as well. Oh, yeah. And I think they know people expect a lot. So now I'm now I'm a little concerned, for sure. It's it's concerning, for sure. Yeah. Is it... Is it John Watts that does those? He is. Yeah, he was hired for yeah. the new Fantastic Four movie too. So like, oh, sick. I think that's a good sign. So yeah, I don't know. Anyway, well, anyway, uh, next week let's talk about an Edgar Wright movie. <gasps> Which one? Let's talk about Last Night in Soho next week. Oh, nice. Uh, Jeff, what's the last word for us? There is no last word because the last word is eternal. <laughs>